Welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LiDAR. I'm Nikita Gridden, Training Coordinator for Regal USA. The series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LiDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The Regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from one of our Regal specialists. Today, we introduce a new RyeCast series called Celebrating the 10 Years of Success with the VMX, featuring conversations with Regal Mobile Scanning customers. Today's guest is Joe Fader, LiDAR Operations Manager of REY Engineers, who started using the VMX in 2010. Joe has been using the VMX for the Department of Transportation and other roadway work. At REY, Joe oversees the mobilization, application, and delivery of the firm's mobile and terrestrial LiDAR technology. Joe has 40 plus years of comprehensive experience in all aspects of professional land surveying and is an expert at providing pragmatic and resourceful survey approach to complex projects. To complement his technical background, Joe also serves as senior project manager, focusing on public works and infrastructure projects, including California's high-speed rail, several design-build transportation projects, and multiple on-call survey services contracted throughout California. He's also licensed in multiple Western states. If you are involved in 3D mobile mapping, we think you will really enjoy the next 27-minute conversation with a longtime Regal VMX user. Welcome back to my series celebrating the 10 years of success of the VMX. Today, I will be talking with a great customer of ours, REY Engineers, and I'll be joined by one of the first users of the system and pioneer of mobile mapping, Joe Fader. REY is based in Folsom, California, and made the decision to invest in Regal's new VMX 250 system. Legend has it that Jim Brainerd, a principal of REY Engineers, chased down the Regal team at IMF back in 2010 to place his order, and the rest, as they say, is history. Well, Joe Fader was another new addition to the REY team about the same time, and he had first-hand experience with one of the very first commercial systems called the Titan. This experience, coupled with an excellent team and support of the company, has enabled Joe to win jobs across the country and world for their VMX 250. So I'd like to welcome Joe to the podcast. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Josh. Good to talk with you again. Yeah, so I was just reflecting on that it's it's hard to believe that it'll be 10 years since we started this VMX journey together out in California. And if uh, my memory serves right, I think our first job was somewhere out in uh, Pellendale Interchange on uh, California 99. Exactly. Yeah, the Pellendale Interchange, about an hour and a half south of our office here in Folsom. That was the one that kicked us off. And couple other projects that followed that come to mind that you were quite involved with were uh, that TxDOT project we did in Fort Worth where we oh, had yeah. you fly into uh, <laughs> into Fort Worth and meet us at our hotel and help us in processing data at, um, at night. Another one that jumped right to the front also was that I-95 project in Virginia where we were having some hardware issues and, and you were you were on the phone with us basically throughout the night and into the early morning hours because we, we had targeted scan time of 3 a.m. And you, uh, you you helped us through that one where we were able to acquire the data, um, usable data, of course. Thinking back on that TxDOT project, literally the day we were flying from Sacramento to Dallas with the VMX, 
we had a Caltrans interview. On our way to dropping off the scanner at the shipper, we stopped at the Caltrans offices for our interview for, for an on-call survey contract. And we thought, well, what would be better than to put the BMX on the table in front of the interview committee? So we did that. We wheeled the Pelican crate into the interview. We pulled the VMX out, set it on the table in front of the interview panel. I think later that afternoon when we landed in Dallas or the next day, we were notified that we were successful winning that contract. So the hardware's won us more than one project. Yeah, I remember that. That was actually my first time ever visiting Texas when I flew out to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. I got to see uh, a different side of that experience by getting to see it at nighttime only. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> as is so often the case with uh, some of our mobile scan jobs, they take us to unique locations, but we see it at odd hours to reduce traffic and other things. Exactly. I think, I think thinking back, one of the, the things that strikes me as the oddest thing we probably did was we pulled over to the side every time we lost GPS lock to give it a few minutes static before we carried on. I, I can't imagine doing that today uh, with the technology advancements that we've seen on the post-processing side. Exactly. Uh, yeah, a dropout of, of GPS is not an issue. The tunnel scanning we've done, I mean, anymore, it's, yeah, it's going to happen. But the hardware, the software, the procedures we put in place alleviate that issue anymore. Yeah, it's definitely come a long way. So thinking about past jobs, what do you think one of your most challenging scan jobs was over the 10 years? Well, probably because it was so early in the game, I would say the, the Leroy Selman Expressway in Tampa, Florida back in 2011. What made that so challenging were multiple overhead structures and surface streets that we needed to scan. It was a design build, so we didn't have a lot of participation from FDOT in terms of traffic control. One of the structures was a reversible lane roadway. So timing, providing our own traffic break, like I said, the numerous overhead structures, and again, thinking in terms of GPS outages. Additionally, uh, I believe it was the first project we re were required to d deliver RGB. So it was our first camera, a colorized project. Oh, a couple yeah. others come to mind, but this one was probably the most challenging because of the newness of just about everything. Yeah, and I would say in general, the mixed use of highway interchanged with surface streets that are underneath and in difficult accessible areas always makes a job quite challenging because it's almost two different acquisition philosophies, right? On the highway, you just go. But Correct. to get in through traffic lights and stop signs and back alleys definitely is a whole different mentality to make sure you get the coverage you need. It is. It is. Um, we learned a lot on that project. We learned a lot about multiple passes with multiple scan records, uh, acquiring vertical and horizontal point cloud information on the same feature. The cloud matching and then the, uh, the, the manual tie points, we were able to pull all that scan data together. And like I say, where we had multiple records acquiring data on the same surfaces, you essentially couldn't tell that there were data from different records. They, they all the, the point data landed within a layer of data, say a centimeter of thickness. We we surprised ourselves that we that we were able to do that with all the logistics involved, but it came out really well though. Yeah. Speaking of quality, uh you were mentioning how thick the point cloud was. Do you think that your early day point clouds would compare to your your most recent project deliverables? Have you seen a big improvement? Uh we we have seen a big improvement. 
for example, when we do work for the Iowa DOT, we don't set visible ground control points. We don't set targeted ground control points. We will multiple pass each roadway, and then we do cloud matching. And then what we'll do is take pavement elevations every 800 feet on the outside shoulder of, uh, of an interstate, for example, on each side, and basically just do vertical adjustments of the point cloud to the pavement elevations. Because of the horizontal positioning, even when we do have visible ground control points, and this goes for just about any project, mm-hmm. um, the horizontal adjustment is so minimal. I mean, it's even hard to detect when you look at the scan lines crossing the legs of a ground control point, for example. So Iowa has uh, allowed us to go without targeted ground control points and just do vertical adjustments. Wow, that's great. I mean, you guys have been very instrumental in moving the meter on mobile mapping from the beginning. And it sounds like you're continuing to uh, be able to show that with the right tools and support, you're able to continue to push the quality experience from it and really have been a great ambassador to the DOT community across the country to prove just how valuable mobile mapping is and successful you can be with it. What helps us a lot is is having a a willing and understanding client. And Iowa has been more than willing and understanding to push the envelope on when is enough enough in terms of control. And we've gotten to a point with them where we know they know exactly the procedures we're going through. It cuts down a lot on the control survey. They get the data at an accuracy that they require. It comes down to having a client that understands what we do which over the course of seven or eight years that we've been working in Iowa, we feel like we are part of the Iowa DOT and the work we do with them. That's great. So along those same lines, what do you think one of the big keys to being successful in mobile mapping and surveying is? Well, I think it goes right along with what I was saying, being realistic and upfront with the client, um, setting their expectations not too high. You know, it's line of sight technology for the most part. Each project is different in regards to the physical environment. Obviously, there's going to be budget limitations. And then control density is going to be dictated a lot by the physical environment and the accuracy needs. Coming from a background of 22 years working at CH2M Hill, I have a solid understanding of what the roadway and bridge design staff are looking for in 3D data deliverables, which makes it easier to sell this technology. You know, a lot of times they ask, well, this is a different way of acquiring the data. What am I going to get? What's, what are my deliverables? And I said, you're going to get the same deliverables. You're going to get a 3D microstation file. You're going to get an inroads DTM or a Geopack 10. The data is just going to be, you're going to have better accuracy and you're going to have a denser point spacing and interval. And depending on the project, we'll extract 10 foot vertice interval on brake lines and uh, roadway features, or we'll go 25. It just depends. And we always have this discussion up front with the client. So, Basically, setting the expectations with the clients and understanding what they need to move forward with is what helped us be successful to this point. Absolutely. That has been something very common I've found throughout my experience with Regal is finding the, uh, the folks that are upfront and forward with you at the start of a VMX sale for a new client or just in speaking about the technology in general, they seem to have things line up easier for them, you know? Yeah, and new clients, the critical thing is the features have to be visible. I mean, yeah, if you can't see it, you can't map it. And right, I just right. I just tell them if you get into a Street View, that Street View camera is about the same height of the scanner when it's mounted on a vehicle. What you see in Street View is pretty much what you're going to get out of 
the mobile LIDAR data set, with some exceptions. We, we'll get better detail, of course, than what you can see. We'll Excellent. get penetration through vegetation, and in some cases, fill slopes are horrible for mobile LIDAR, but cut slopes are pretty good because the scanner's looking right at the cut slope. So yeah. um, just those understandings help us a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So as an early adopter of the technology, what attracted you to mobile scanning? What what said, you know, that's something that I want to work with. I like it. What was the feature? I would say the technology itself was the feature. And let me qualify that by saying when we acquired the VMX, we were coming out of a the last recession that we had in the United States. But so were all the other consulting survey civil engineering firms. So we determined we need to be different than everybody else. Everyone's going to be vying for the same project, RTK topos, you know, total station topos. We need to do something that's different that not many people are doing right now. And mobile LIDAR was a technology that was really ramping up at the time, 2005, 6, 7. So we, we made a concerted effort to look at a few different systems within the mobile LIDAR offerings. I came from a firm that had the Titan system. And what's amazing is that Titan system, when compared to the VMX T50 we bought in 2010, it basically had a useful life of about three years compared to what the VMX came out with in 2010. And we're still using the same VMX. I mean, sure, our point density is lower than your newer systems. Sure. But we multiple pass everything anyway for quality purposes. So we, we feel that we bought at the right system at the right time. Getting 10 years out of this is, I don't know that we thought we were going to get that, but that's pretty much why we jumped into mobile lighter. We want, we wanted to be different than everyone else, offer something that no one was offering yet. We were very lucky making the right move at the right time with the right hardware. Well, you guys have done great work with it. Uh, you guys have been fantastic to work with, both on the customer support side and getting you guys up and running and understanding the challenges on our own end of having a new technology fielded with maybe not all the right tools and the uh, back-end performance that you needed right away. That certainly was an interesting challenge to work with at the beginning. But I think our core approach to the VMX series has always been to keep that same X pattern with the scan data and the tightly calibrated solution that we've been able to be successful this long and why you're still able to use technology that we developed at the beginning. It's the same connectivity there from the get-go. Right, right. I always find it interesting when I hear stories on the early days, especially of what features you were able to find in data sets that your end clients just, they were like, no way, you can't see that. Can you think of one of those instances? Yeah, it was one of our first projects for Caltrans. It was on I-5 up near the Oregon border. That section of interstate gets a lot of north-south truck traffic through the western United States, but it also gets a lot of snow, therefore studded snow tires, tire chains. So the, the roadway takes a lot of damage from those traction devices. And it literally cuts ruts in the uh, wheel tracks of the interstate. So we scanned seven, actually there were two projects, two projects of seven miles each. Um, We scanned two locations, fully controlled for pavement design. And when we delivered, the final deliverable was a microstation 3D design file with inroads DTM, one-foot contours, although the data lended itself to something much better than that. 
when Caltrans took the deliverable and started getting into their QC process and cutting cross-sections and looking at profiles, they came back to us and said, there's something really wrong with your scan data. And we said, point it out to us if you would. And what it was, was the wheel ruts were so deep and we extracted data brake lines um, across the roadway every basically every three feet because we knew of this rutting. We could see in the displaying the LIDAR data by colored contours, you can see there's rutting. Um, wow. So so we dropped brake lines at the edge of travel way and every three feet across each lane. So essentially, we were hitting edge of travel way, a wheel rut, between the wheel ruts, and then the next lane line. So the wheel rutting showed up in the contours. Absolutely. The contours were just very wavy. <laughs> yeah. And they said, something's wrong with this. And I said, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That's the roadway. You never see that conventional survey because when you're topoing an interstate, you're not shooting every three feet across a lane, every 10 feet along the alignment. That was something that really stood out for us. There's a lot of quantity in that area a void that has been removed by traction devices so and now we can calculate that so um, that was the first one that stood out for us yeah yeah i remember hearing about that <laughs> got a good chuckle so what scan job uh, looking back at it would you say is this is our marquee job this job highlights everything that we hope to accomplish it's the job we announce to people and say you know we did this job take a look at it let us know what we can do for you, or is it a bunch of jobs? Well, we look at each project as a our, our last best project, but the one that stands out, and I, I delivered a presentation at ILMF in 2019 on this project. It was for Los Angeles County um, MTA. The project was called the Division 20 Portal Widening and Turnback Facility. They have a rail yard with several runs of track that comes out of a tunnel from um, Union Station in downtown Los Angeles. So it's basically a switch yard. Mm -hmm. um, pull trains out, move them over, put them back in the tunnel to go the other direction. So the project was to uh, retrofit twin 18-foot diameter tunnels. Each was about 1,900 feet in length from the time we would lose any sort of GPS positioning in the rail yard. Mm -hmm. The challenge was we were working on a high rail. We had one pass of travel in each tunnel, but with the good control scheme and the right amount of control at the right interval and multiple passes, in terms of multiple passes, I'm talking about driving in one tunnel to Union Station, backing out and driving back in that same tunnel and backing out. So that was our multiple pass in each tunnel. Yeah. The cloud matching is just amazing in, in the point cloud that the multiple uh, records in each tunnel that were compared to each other. You, again, you could not tell which was which if you didn't colorize them independently. But we were able to produce a point cloud that had a RMSC of about 18 thousandths of a foot when compared to uh, the blind control traverse points through each tunnel. Basically, every 200, 250 feet was the interval that we had control. Mm -hmm. The 3D microstation and inroads DTMs were just amazing. And that by far is our marquee project. But again, our last project was our best one. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand the sentiment. And the tunnel project that you were able to accomplish in LA was absolutely a great story. I actually steal one of the screenshots you provided me for our, our train show last year. And it's my uh, impressive background on my desktop when I present to people. <laughs> And they go, wait, where did you get that? 
And I tell them the story and they're like, no way. And I go, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very proud of it as well. So have there been any states in the United States that you've yet to do a mobile scan project in with the VMX? Yeah. And surprisingly, it's the state to the north of us, Oregon. We've driven through Oregon to get to scan projects in Washington, but we have yet to do mobile LIDAR project in Oregon. So that's the one we're really trying to get under our belt. They've been doing some stuff up there wow. um, within ODOT, uh, mm-hmm. as well as having some capable firms in the Portland area and then coming out of Washington and Canada. So we'll get one up there. It's just a matter of time. But yeah, um, I'm a little surprised we haven't done anything in Oregon yet, though. <laughs> But every other one. So you've done 49 out of the 50 states, one project. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've done enough work in, like I say, over the last seven or eight years in the state of Iowa to cover every state twice. But yeah, we've jumped around a bit. New York, Florida, Virginia, Alabama. We have quite a few voids across the country, but we've got some pretty good distribution, though. Yeah, I know. And I remember, uh, I think early on, you guys even took the VMX over to uh, Australia. If I'm not uh, yeah. In fact, we did ship it to Australia. And what's interesting about that project is we shipped it with our standard lumber racks that we mount to rental trucks. Well, we get to Australia and realize they don't have standard pickup beds like we're accustomed to. So the truck we had had a somewhat of a flatbed on it. So the first day we were there, we found a machine shop to weld up a, a rack for us to strap down to this flatbed of a vehicle so we can get the scanner up higher than than just sitting on the bed. And the heat was another issue. We'd do a scan mission, and then partway through the day, we'd have to pull the VMX down, put it in the cab of the truck with the AC running for an hour or so to cool it down, and then go do the next segment. Right. The 250 scanners were a little bit more um, temperature sensitive than the, uh, the latest uh, 1HA sensors are these days. Right. Um, So there's an additional advantage to the newer technology, I suppose. So I think the last question here, so I believe you guys have started to inch into the UAV realm as most other survey firms have out there in the field. Do you think your experience with mobile scanning made it an easier transition to add it or a natural step? It was a natural next step for us. What makes it natural is that we went with the mini VUX, basically same acquisition, same processing software, a lot of the same steps we take on each side. The data that comes out of the VUX complements the data that comes out of the VMX. Sure. We've done a couple of narrow roadway projects with not a lot of good visibility, particularly levee roads, where we, like I mentioned earlier, mobile LIDAR on a hill slope is not very good just because of the vegetation. And we just have no idea if we're getting to bare earth or not on a fill slope. So on a levee, both sides are fill. We drove the levee road with the VMX. We used the same ground control points for a UAV run with the VUX. Merging those data sets is almost a natural thing. The data comes out looking very, very similar. And it was the next natural progression in expanding our capabilities with LIDAR. I'm glad we went with the Regal products. Just, again, the data flow. We don't have different platforms acquiring, in theory, the same kind of data on the output end. But with the processing being the same, it's, it was just the next natural step for us. And it's come along really well getting into the UAV world with producing survey-grade data with the VOX. That's the next new uh, fun thing we're getting into, and it's going well right now. Yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of growth uh, in the UAV market across the country, uh, and it's been fairly exciting to watch. 
And I've also enjoyed seeing the folks uh, expand mobile LiDAR as well and complementing the UAV LiDAR with the mobile survey data uh, has been really nice to see that working out as well as it has. Because anytime you merge two data sets together from different acquisition platforms, there's always a bit of a mystery or a concern that they may not match up correctly. But uh, typically, our groups out there doing the work are veteran surveyors with great tools at their uh, fingertips that allow them to really deliver high quality products. And that's really a testament to the professionalism of REY engineers for one, and a lot of the regal users in general, a very high degree of technical capability. And because they have that care that you need to be a successful surveyor, it lends itself well to leveraging our technology the best possible way. I agree. Well, Joe, thanks so much for uh, taking time to uh, join me today. It's been a pleasure working with you guys in the last 10 years. And it hardly seems like it's been 10 years already, but we're getting really close to the anniversary mark. So uh, thank you so much for all that you've done to help advance the standardization of mobile LIDAR. And, you know, the VMX 250 that you have is 10 years new this July. So um, exactly. (laughs) So this really has been an ultimate LIDAR system, if I've ever heard of one. I, I totally agree. Again, we 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 looked at a few systems back uh, ten years ago, and we couldn't have made a better decision. We didn't have any trial and error of any sort on the hardware side. In hindsight, it was the best decision we could have made. So maybe it's just luck, but we're fortunate that we did what we did at the time, and and we're still with it. It's unimaginable that a, a mobile lidar system is still in full operation ten years later. When you think. Ten years ago, what was the greatest GPS equipment? I mean, it's so antiquated in that GPS has been around a long time. And yet, it seems like GPS has evolved more than mobile LiDAR has in the last 10 years in terms of the hardware that we use, which is unthinkable. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly been some big changes in that market, but I think it speaks well to the adaptability and the technology level that was in the VMX 10 years ago that has been able to be adapted and still usable considering all of the changes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. There was definitely always room for expansion uh, within its capabilities. And as software has been developed and the marketplace has matured, it's been able to sort of ride that wavefront right through it. And it certainly has helped that there's been a steady hand within your organization, especially keeping that moving forward and not uh, veering off course. All right. Well, Well, good talking with you too, Josh. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's been great. Everyone, thanks again for listening to the Regal podcast. Please make sure you subscribe if you like what you heard. And there'll be plenty more where this came from throughout the next couple months. So be well and take care of one another. Thank you, Josh and REY's Joe Fader for the interesting talk about the evolution of mobile mapping and the Regal VMX. It's so nice to see that Joe has gotten 10 years of reliable service from his first mobile mapping purchase. We want to thank Joe and REY for being early adopters to this technology. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us. To be notified of future RyeCast podcasts and webinars, please subscribe to our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions. So please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Nikita signing off.